Welcome to Founders House. My guest today was an early internet pioneer and is now the founder and CEO of Ping, which was founded with the express purpose to save lives by reducing distracted driving. Please welcome my guest and fellow South African, Garen Torren. So Garen, obviously we're both from South Africa, which is awesome to be able to interview someone as, you know, from the same country as myself. How did you get from South Africa to the US? I mean, you seem like you've always been uh, an entrepreneurial sort of person. So yeah, I've been an entrepreneur basically since uh, my my twenties. Um, I was actually one of the partners in a business called the Digital Mall, um, which is now the Digital Solutions Group, which is actually still around. Um, a great friend of mine, Yorana Sabi, um, has run that for the last twenty five years. Uh, so that was my first foray into into the internet and then um round about round about 2000 and, and just trying to think now 2004 i got involved with an organization called uh Straida, and i was uh one of the the partners there and i brought the business to new york in 2004 so i guess i got involved in 2003 um, and that was, um, I'm sure you know of Strader. They do all the e- electronic billing and banking and that kind of stuff in South Africa. And uh, I met a guy, I met a South African here in New York called Barry Arnold. And Barry and I started and ran the um, Canadian, US, and South American operations for uh, Strader. And that, that, that went pretty well, actually. Uh, went nicely. Uh, the Strader business was eventually sold to a Canadian document management company called Doxim. Uh, so that was uh, nice for everybody. And then um, I exited that business in 2014. And about a year later, I, I, I started Ping, which at that point was called Message Loud. Uh, and so that's been a few years now, and uh, it's going great. So that's kind of been the journey. I, I, I was here in New York for about a year. I met my wife, who's actually from Russia, uh, and we have a ten-year-old and an eight-year-old. And so, really, it's 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 been a fantastic op- opportunity to move to to the U.S. The U.S. is everything that everybody tells you it it is. Uh, it is. That it really is the land of of opportunity. Everybody here is pretty much from somewhere else, whether it's three three generations ago or your generation. And I think because of that, it's really just a capitalist economy. Like everybody wants to do business. There's none of this old school, new school clicks. You know, um, people just want to do business, and because they want to do business, it's easy to do business. Because, you know, and also the economies, you know, 250, 300, 300 million people. And so because you've got the size of economy, you've got these businesses that do 10, 20, 100 million dollars in revenue that you've never heard of. Whereas, you know, you come from a small place like South Africa, where, you know, a business gets to a certain size and everybody knows it, right? You know, there's five banks and there's four telcos and there's eight insurance companies. And so, you know, once you've got, a hundred companies that's basically your your entire economy whereas here it's tens and thousands of businesses of that size 
you know, and so the the scale just really lends itself. Um, I mean, we're we're starting to sell into the auto insurance world, um, and there are a hundred and fifty auto insurance companies here, each with like more than a million customers. So so when you start, so business just just becomes around scale. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, London is is very similar. So what is it like when you first started working at Striada? Like, what is the internet like? What is marketing, customer communications? What is that all sort of like? I mean, I'm sure it's changed a lot over your career. Yeah, you know, when I, when I started in the, the, the internet, I was fortunate enough, this is way before uh, even Digital Mall, I was working for Pam Golding Properties. I was on their property development side. And I was lucky enough to be part of the team that built... So not many pe- people know this, but Pam Golding Properties had the first commercial website in South Africa outside of the universities. Uh, and I was lucky enough to be part of the team that worked on the very first website in South Africa. And, you know, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, right? So all of a sudden, I was the expert because, well, there was just nothing, you know. And then I went over and I worked for Gray Gray advertising uh, at that point there was a, a part of gray called gray interactive and i actually started the first email newsletter in south africa um and this was this was way before that you could unsubscribe from anybody i think i got up to about fifteen thousand sub- sub- subscribers wow this is 19 i want to say 1993 1994 somewhere around then um and so so that that was the start of of the internet. And I, I remember Gray flew me over to Toronto because uh, Gray, Gray, Gray Interactive head, headquarters was in Toronto. And I, I flew over there and I, I got to, to see the internet with from an American perspective, which of course was 10 years ahead of South Africa at that point. Um, and then to bring back that knowledge. Um, and then uh, Warren Mayer, myself, and Yaron started Digital Mall. Uh, and that's got to be around, I think, 96, 97. So probably yeah, 28 to, to 28, 25 years ago now, um, at the beginning where there was no internet shopping at all. Um, and we had some nice customers like Toys R Us and Babies are us, and you know, macro, you know, and those kind of Dion's and those kind of customers. So that that was really the beginning of the internet. And then a really sharp guy by the name of Michael Wright. Michael Wright started the email corporation, uh, which I joined a little after its founding. Uh, that then went on to become uh, Strayeda. And really, the 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 story behind Strayeda is the email. Co- corporation was doing some email for, for Standard Bank and Absa Bank. And then somebody at the bank said, well, can we use email to send out our statements? Because the South African Postal Service was not the most reliable. I mean, even then, now it's much worse. But, yeah, yeah I was, but it's much worse now. I was there today, actually. Yeah, but, but even then, you know, it wasn't awesome. Uh, and so... The email corporation started to send some bank statements via email. There was no such thing as encryption and that kind of thing. And then, and then it's, somebody at the bank said, well, 
we should we should encrypt these statements. And so Strata developed a proprietary encryption mechanism to encrypt these statements and send them out via email. Um, and then that progressed o- o- over the years to to encrypted PDF documents, uh, which has become the the kind of global standard around that. And the and the business grew in South South Africa. I brought it to the states. Mike took it to London. Uh, Steve took it to Australia, and the business just just grew globally. So yeah, that was quite the success story. So after Striada, you took like a year or so off, uh, which is obviously understandable. Um, how did the inspiration for your next venture, Ping, come about? Yeah, so you know, it was interesting. You know, being being in New Yorker, we don't drive. Everybody takes the subway, a taxi, or you walk. And so I was in New York for 15 years. I came straight from Johannesburg to New York, uh, and I was there for 15 years. And what what people in the suburbs and I kind of use the analogy of the frog being boiled slowly in the water. What people in the suburbs didn't realize is, is the confluence of their vehicle and their phone. Because it, it happened so slowly that you really didn't even notice it. But you know, in, in the beginning, your phone only did phone calls. So then you were making phone calls in the car. Then came along text. So you, so you just kind of like added on text. And then over the preceding 10 years, it became WhatsApp, Telegram, Signal. Uh, there became like 30 or 40 messaging types. The big one, which of course is still the dominant one glo- globally, is email, right? Uh, most of what you do as a business person on your phone is email. And so people in the suburbs didn't realize what, what was happening, but their device was becoming increasingly more distracting each year. And then in turn, they were becoming more addicted to it, which of course is the function of the device. The device is built for you to become addicted to it so you will use it more. Um, For me, being in the city, I never had that frog boiling in the pan of water experience. So when I bought my my house out in Southampton and I was driving backwards and forwards, it hit me like a ton of bricks that this phone is a problem while you're driving. You know, and so I look for a personal solution for myself, just, you know, because logically I'm like, well, if, if my phone can read me my emails and messages out loud, well, then I won't have to pick it up. And no such solution existed. Uh, Siri could do a little bit, but it was awful. Android Assistant, Android Auto could do a little bit, but it was awful. And so, and also Apple and Google will never, never cooperate. So you could never get an all-inclusive system made by either one of those parties. It had to be a third party. So we set out and are and have built a messaging platform across Android, iOS, Alexa, and Google Home that allows you to get all your messages and, and email read aloud while you're driving, while you're exercising. Last year, we became and are still the only way that you can get any messages through Alexa. And we currently are uh, building the same for Google Home. So the future of of the company is is that anything smart, whether it be a smart car, a smart refrigerator, or even your smart home, Ping will be the messaging platform that enables messaging for that smart device. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you about that because obviously smart homes, smart fridges and appliances, all of that makes sense for Ping. Can it be smart if it can't give you your message? <laughs> That's a good point. 
You know, you've got to be able to walk into your your home and say, hey, Sarah, good evening. And it will say, good evening, John. You know, and hey, Sarah, do I have any new messages? Yes, you have 12 WhatsApp messages. Would you like me to read them to you? Right? That's what that's what we see in the movies. But that doesn't exist. We're building exactly that. Yeah, I mean, it kind of actually reminds me a bit of um, uh, Iron Man. Uh, you know, that's... Uh... Yeah, and yeah, the, what was the guy's, the, yeah. he had a virtual butler, right? Yeah, uh, Jarvis. Exactly, exactly. Well, that's exactly it. We are, you know, but we are, big, 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 you know, the virtual assistant world is so big. And virtual, the reason why virtual assistants like Alexa and Siri are so bad, it's because they're trying to achieve so much. So it's not that they're so bad, it's just that they're on a journey. And the journey is so comprehensive and so big that we we decided we will own and specialize in the messaging component, which is arguably, and it's very self-serving of me to say this, but we would posit that the messaging component is the most important one because 90-something percent of what you do on your phone is messaging. So it goes to say that maybe not 90, but maybe 60 or 70 percent of what you're going to do with a virtual assistant should be messaging. I mean, you know, you know, when you take Alexa out the box for the first time, it's almost appalling that it can't do messaging, right? Because that's what that's what that's what you do. You should be able to walk into your bathroom in in the morning and say, "Hey, Alexa, you know, do I have any do I have any email from Jack Smith? Yes, you have one email from Jack. Read me that email." You know, you know, or, or or whatever. You know, hey Alexa, read me my Ping Slack channel. Right? I mean, these should be things that you should be able to do. Whether you're in the bathroom, the kitchen, the shower, driving, the lawnmower outside, cycling, jogging. These are all things where you know uh, the the interface. So first of all, keyboards are going away. I, I don't know about you, but about a year ago. I worked out how to dictate to my Mac. And since I worked out how to dictate to a Mac, which by the way, is complicated to, to set up, but I, but I worked it out. Now that I have that in place, I don't type at all. I just dictate. And the same on my phone. So keyboards are, are, are going away. And unless, it's a, unless there's a visual requirement, like think about uh, watching a video or think about reading, you know, uh, a large part of our interfacing with our devices is becoming and will accelerate to becoming voice. You know, you should be able to turn on your television and navigate to a show. You should say, hey, TV, uh, play me the sixth episode of Royal Pains. And the TV should turn it on, go straight to the episode and play. Instead, we're messing around with the remote 16 clicks to get to the fourth episode of, of, of Royal Pains. So, you know, it's almost like back to the 60s where you had that every executive had an, a secretary who could write things in shorthand. Remember that? We And then we went to keyboards and now we're going to come out the other side in the fact that your secretary will now be a computer. Um, so the, the whole interface of mouses and keyboards and screens, that was all a, a, a necessary, but temporary measure. So Garen, what kind of advice do you have for someone, you know, a student or young professional who's looking to start up their own business during this very, very bizarre time? You know, I would say that, that um, 
the advice that I give when I'm mentoring younger entrepreneurs is draw up a list of criteria of a business rather than business ideas. So for example, when I was thinking about starting Ping, my criteria were I wanted a decentralized processing power model, which I've got. The processing power on the phone is being used. I wanted an annual reoccurring revenue license model, right? I wanted something that I that I could get patents on. I've got four. You know, I wanted something that I could outsource the development to Eastern Europe at a lower cost, which I've done. So the criteria, and I had 13 criteria points, and it took took me almost a year. In fact, that first year after Australia uh, to come up with the criteria. Once I had the criteria down, uh, and you know, then every business idea I had, I ran against, I ran it up against the criteria. And if it didn't meet the criteria, I ditched it. And and that's what I mean by starting a business with intent rather than just by accident. Most founders start businesses by accident. If you think about the criteria that work for you. So for example, one of mine is I want to be able to work from home. Ping has been work from home from day one, never mind COVID. You know, I wanted to work from home. Why? Because I have young children and I, I want to spend as much time with, with them as, as I can. So work from home for me, really important. You know, so that's, so my advice to entrepreneurs and younger is, uh, first of all, move to the USA. Number one, do that. Okay. Second of all, because um, it's so much easier to start a business here, hands down. Okay. Big market, people love you and so on. So advice number one, move to the USA. Advice number two, criteria list, right? And, and think about it hard. Take months to do it and then start thinking about, all right, what, what, what is, and then just lastly, because then I've got to run. Chris Sacker came up with five questions. The first question is, what problem or opportunity are, are you solving for? The second question is, how are you solving it? The third question is, what's your unfair advantage? The fourth question is, how do you make money? The fifth question is, is how big is the market? So take your criteria, take the Chris Sacker five, five questions and apply them to each idea that you have. A huge, ginormous thank you for my guest today, Garen Torrin, for joining me here on the Founders House podcast. I think that's probably some of the best advice that I've ever gotten, and I hope that you found it the same. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe and follow our podcast, and also check out our newsletter. Once again, I'm your host, Milano Hart. I'll see you next time.